guys, it's Timmy, and this is Wrestling Unlimited, as it's Monday, and we're here with the Wrestling Wrap-Up, a handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we will be reviewing AEW Collision, and then we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven news stories for you, plus we are actually going to be reacting to the new John Cena movie trailer for Freelance, starring John Cena, Christian Slater, Allison Brie, and Juan Pablo Raba. We were actually hit up by Relative Media, Relativity Media, and they asked, hey, you guys want to help us promote this as the movie? And the trailer was announced. Well, the movie was announced a while ago. I remember hearing the announcement for this. If you don't remember, Freelance is a movie where John Cena is ex-military. He's working as like a lawyer. He um, then gets asked by Kristen Slater's character, hey, we need you to do some special ops. Basically, they want him to freelance and do some security detail in another country, and shit hits the fan. I haven't watched the trailer yet. We are going to react live on the podcast to the trailer and go from there. So that should be very, very, very cool as well. Also, guys, remember, we'll talk about it more later. WrestleQuest. Finally launches tomorrow. We'll be doing a special live stream of it tonight. Right here. Pro Wrestling Unlimited on YouTube. And also the at Timmy Buddy Twitch channel. We'll be live on both of those later on tonight. Following our Monday Night Raw review. Talking and playing WrestleQuest. Just as long as everything goes well and the game launches when it's supposed to. Because the game is supposed to go live. And we'll talk more about this here in a moment. In a little bit. On the podcast, but the game is supposed to go live. Does it say? Um, that's interesting. It had like a countdown on the Steam page, but it doesn't anymore. Uh oh. Still says August twenty first, which is tonight. It was supposed to drop at like nine p.m. tonight or so, but figure it out. We'll see. We'll have some fun. I think the game launches live midnight East Coast tonight. So that means 9 o'clock my time. But with that, I do want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription, or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game like Remnant 2, pre-ordering a new game like EA Sports FC, getting an old game like Tachia or Indiana Jones Pinball. Maybe you're claiming the free games, which right now are Black Book and Dodo Peak. Or you're trying to get Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair in Fortnite, then use this code right here, 
right here, PW Unlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Whether you're playing Fortnite on your PlayStation, your Xbox, your Nintendo Switch, your PC, your mobile device, go to the bottom of the store page, the item shop, and ask if you have a crater code, and you do, it's right here, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. Then go all the way back to the top and purchase Bianca Belair and Becky Lynch. I want to say thank you to everybody who has done so over the last week or so and used our code. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It supports us in more ways than you even know. It doesn't cost you anything extra at all. You're already going to make the purchase in Fortnite, so why not put this code up there when you're doing so? But with that, the first thing we're going to do today we're going to talk about AEW Collision. And I got to, as LA Knight would say, let me talk to you. Because, man, was this show two different shows in one. It was weird. It started off pretty really good, and it ended with a really good match. But what's the middle of this show? Is this not just a episode of Rampage with a second hour? Because that's what this show was becoming. Collision is becoming a rampage with a second hour. Again, started really strong with the Samoa Joe CM Punk stuff. Ended really strong with Darby Allen versus Christian Cage. But all that stuff in between. And them lying to us about FTR being on the show. No. That was no bueno. Again, I'm just going to go right out and say it. Is Collision turning in to god dang rampage with a second hour? Like, that's how this show felt. And it's how a few of the shows have felt so far. At least in my opinion. So the show itself um, opens with the cold open, of course. We've got Darby Allen talking, Bullet Club Gold, Dalton Castle, and Samoa Joe. Kevin Kelly's back from the G1, and he welcomes us to Collision. Now, correct me, because I missed last week's episode. Was Kevin Kelly... On last week's collision or not, I'm I can't remember. Kevin Kelly and Nigel did do the call here. We had been getting Ian Riccoboni filling in while Kevin Kelly was away for the G1 in Japan, and I was getting used to Ian Riccoboni and Nigel McGinnis together. But gotta love hearing Kevin Kelly's voice. So, the show opens up, and Samoa Joe is supposed to take on the Golden Vampire. What? If that don't sound like a squash, I don't know what it is. So Joe's making his way out to the ring, and before the bell even rings, before the match can even start, before the golden vampire even whatever, he attacks. He fought Joe around ringside before shoving the referee down. He got in the ring and hit a rising knee strike in the corner. But you can guess what's going to happen next. He then goes on to lay out Samoa Joe, with a go to sleep. His mask almost falls off, so he rips his mask off, revealing that it's none other than CM Punk. CM Punk then grabbed a microphone, got down to the level of the down to Samoa Joe, and says, challenge accepted, bitch. So it will be for the real world championship at all in this Sunday. CM Punk defending against Samoa Joe. So the match is official, the match is happening, and when we think about it, Joe has beaten Punk twice way back in the day. Punk beat Joe in the Owen Hart Cup tournament. So, 
Is Punk going to tie things up and make it two and two? Or is Joe going to take that real world championship and make it three and one? I think CM Punk wins, makes it two and two, then moves on to all out the following week. And we get um, maybe CM Punk versus MJF to unify the titles. Now, here's the thing with all of that. Collision for next week is being filmed on Wednesday. This upcoming collision for Saturday, because they're already going to be in London, is being filmed Wednesday. I don't know if it's before or after Dynamite. I would assume after Dynamite. So they're doing two hours of Dynamite and then two hours of collision all in the same night this Wednesday. And so that's going to be something to look out for because those spoilers are going to be there and those spoilers are going to be important as far as building to um, all in this Sunday and even all out the following week. Because if we do get that announcement of whoever wins between MJF and Adam Cole, and whoever wins between, and this is all just speculative, whoever wins between CM Punk and Samoa Joe will face for the unification of the belts at all in or all out in Chicago, that would be announced on collision, I would think. And here's the other thing. If they do that match, and we don't know if they're going to again, so super speculative. If they do the match where they unify the titles, then are we going to have somebody running around calling themselves the undisputed AEW world champion? Very possible. Very, very possible. So as we move forward, we got a Video package hyping up the history of All In. With Kevin Kelly noting that more tickets have been sold for this show than any other event in pro wrestling history. And then we get Jay White versus Dalton Castle. Match was alright. It wasn't great or anything, but it, it was it was there. The Castle took White down with a single leg, forcing White to the ropes. White tried to send Castle to the floor, but the boys sent Castle back into the ring. Where? He hit a pair of waist lock takedowns on White. White chopped Castle in the corner and stuffed a couple of suplex attempts. Castle went for a running knee in the corner, but White ducked and Castle flew to the floor. Bullet Club Gold, who had the Jay White cutout standee with them, chased the boys around ringside as we went to a commercial break. A Castle fought out of White's control as we came back from the commercial. White walked into the a castle suplex, and then Ada elbow. Excuse me. Castle then hit his running knee in the corner before sending White overhead with a pair of suplexes. White then tried fighting back out of a third suplex, but Castle hit a stalling German suplex with a bridge for a near fall. Castle then pulled White up for bang-a-rang, bang, but White grabbed the ropes and low-bridged him out of the ring. White then chopped Castle on the announce table, but when he tried to send Castle into the ring, Castle rebounded off the apron and hit a Hurricane Rana. Bullet Club Gold tried to interfere, but the boys took them out with a dive. White recovered with a Uranagi for a near fall. White then hit the Blade Runner before scoring the pinfall victory. Or he, he hit the Blade Buster before hitting the Blade Runner to pick up this, the pinfall victory. So there we go. Jay White defeats Dalton Castle. And I want to know, and I could probably look this up really fast. Has Dalton Castle ever won a match in AEW? Because Don Castle's worked a number of AEW matches. But my question is, has he ever won one of those AEW matches? I'm going to look that up really fast. 
Alton Castle matches. So let's go A E dub. Lost to JY. Uh lost to the BCC. Oh, here we go. On an episode of Dark. Back on January 28th, he did defeat uh, Dante Casanova. Then he and the boys at that same dark taping won a six-man tag. Then last year, he lost the Diamond Ring Battle Royal. But then last year, so he has won a number of matches in AEW. Okay, I don't watch dark. I never watched dark. So that's why I didn't see any of his wins. I only saw his Dynamite Rampage and Collision stuff. If you look, he actually got a good number of wins on Dark. Him and the boys defended the six-man tag title successfully. Um, Yeah. Okay. I stand corrected. He has won a number of matches in AEW. A lot of them are six-man tags, but still, it counts. It counts a lot. Um, as we move forward with this, We then had, where was it? After the break, Tony Schiavone was in the ring with Bullet Club Gold. White said that if Omega knew what was good for him, he'd stay in the hospital bed that they put him in. He said that the elite lied to everyone when they said that they were the best part of the Bullet Club. And at Wembley, Bullet Club Gold will send them, will set the record straight. Juice Robinson then said that it only takes two minutes to take out Kenny Omega and that they would handle them at All In. The Guns then said that they would deal with the Bucks and Omega on Wednesday. But they wanted a warm-up match right now. And I'm like, you're going to deal with the Bucks and Omega on Wednesday? Didn't you just lose to the Bucks last week? Come on, guys. Freaking ass, boys. But we did get Bullet Club Gold versus Iron Savages, Bronson Boulder and Jacked Jameson. Savages took the fight to Austin Gunn early on, but Robinson cut off Bronson on the apron for the gold team to take the advantage. After a Robinson cannonball, Bullet Club Gold mocked the elite with the pose. Robinson then hit a V-trigger on Bronson before Colton sent him to the floor with a, uh, going to a break. Boulder then tagged in after the break. Boulder ran wild, dropping both guns with a double-ended daze. He then caught Robinson on a crossbody and dumped him onto the guns. The match then devol uh, evolved into a Pier 6 brawl. The guns couldn't hit Boulder with a 310 to Yuma, couldn't get him up, but Austin hit the Famouser instead. Robinson then scored a big win on Jameson with a face buster. So there we go. Bullet Club Gold does get the victory. The announcers then recapped the Acclaim's recent actions, stay, stay, starting with the apparent retirement of Billy Gunn. Then they reacted to the House of Black attacking the Acclaim this past Wednesday, when they left Caster bloody and stole Gun's boots. Cut to a video package of House of Black throwing Gun's boots away with Malachi telling Glunt, Gun, he was a shadow of himself. I really do think this is going to lead to the trio's titles being on the line at all in with the House of Black defending against the acclaim to Billy Gun. Billy's not retired. I just, I don't think he is. Then we got something straight out of Lucha Underground. We get a video of Jose the assistant taking a call from Roosh, who was not happy about La Fashion Ingobernable's recent losing streak. Roosh wanted Jose to bring them all to Mexico, and they obliged. Preston Vance and Drillistico uh, were shown partying before being kidnapped and 
thrown into a unmarked black van by several masked men. They had hoods put over their heads. And seemingly, the question is, did a rush orchestrate, a rush orchestrate this? Because they pull Preston and Drillis to go into the van. Jose's on the phone. He kind of like does the whole tap the back of the van like, we're good, go. And yeah, one can wonder. I don't know what's going on. So yeah, this is something straight, straight, straight out of Lucha Underground. Where's Mark Burnett setting all this up and producing this? So then Tony Schiavone's backstage. Ricky Starks, now here's to clarify. Ricky Starks is suspended not from being at the show, but wrestling for 30 days. That's what his suspension is. He can be there and appear, but he can't wrestle. Tony Schiavone was backstage with Ricky Starks. He clarifies that Starks' suspension wasn't 30 days long. Rather, it was 28, that being four full weeks. With Starks having served two of those four weeks. Like, what? When? When? That means his suspension ends the night before All Out in Chicago, which means he's getting some big match at All Out. That's the, it, 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 yeah. Stark said that he would be bringing chaos tonight with Big Bill entering the frame. You gotta be fucking kidding me. This guy can't catch a break. He's just gonna be the lackey and the muscle for everybody. He was in the firm. Then we thought maybe he was part of the Mogul Embassy when him and Brian Cage started tagging. Now he's just the luchasaurus to Ricky Starks is Christian Cage. What the frick? Remember, Triple H wanted. Oh, William Cass back. Oh, Big Bill. Oh, Big Cass. He chose AEW. After that, we got a stylized video of Starks saying that he has been distracted lately. But now his focus is here, and he's going to be way more dangerous. And that did lead to Big Bill with Ricky Starks taking on Derek Neal. Not much really here. Bill came out to Starks' music because I don't think Big Bill's ever had his own music in AEW. Bill then ran through Neil, chokeslamming him for the win in less than two minutes. After the match, Bill held Neil down so Starks could whip him with his belt. What kind of stupid-ass shit is this? The guy's suspended, but he could still be on the show and do whatever he wants. He just can't have an actual match himself. I don't understand this bullshit at all. I'm going to say it right now. This show felt rushed. This show felt like they came up with all these ideas Friday night. Like, this show was booked Friday night. Like people have been saying, Tony's doing too much, and this show felt like it. Because this was dumb. Oh, you're suspended for four weeks. You've already served two of them. When did this motherfucker serve two of them? When did he serve two of them? When? Because I'm going to look. Ricky Starks cage match. I swear to God, it, wasn't, it hasn't been two weeks since the, the fifth. Yeah, no. He only served a one week. Because his last match, where Ricky Steamboat was the referee against CM Punk, was on the 5th. This episode of... Oh, no. Okay, no. Yeah, this... So he didn't work the August 12th episode, but then he worked this past weekend, the 19th. He only missed one week. Where's the logic in that one? Ain't that supposed to be Will Will Washington's job to keep logic on these shows within storyline? Well, hey, bud, you might be failing at your job a little bit because consistency and logic is not there. 
when you say this guy suspended for four weeks, but he's already served two of them. Yet he worked two weeks ago, so he's hasn't missed. I guess this was the second. I don't fucking. It don't make sense and it's stupid as hell. When they get a video package of Sting and Darby attacking AR Fox at a well indie show, Allen said that he wanted. A scrap of Fox left for Wembley when he beats him in front of 80,000 people and stuffs him in a coffin. We then turned to last Wednesday where Nick Wayne said that he wanted revenge on the Mogul uh, Mogul affiliates for attacking him at his home. And it will be Darby Allen and Nick Wayne against uh, AR Fox and Swerve Strickland on Dynamite. Where does this make any sense? It's just literally the same match. We're, we'll cut. Mm, hold on, hold on. This don't make any goddamn sense, though. We're getting Darby and Sting versus Fox and Strickland in a coffin match at Wembley. Why do we need Darby and Nick Wayne versus Fox and Strickland on Dynamite? Why do we need almost the same goddamn match on Dynamite? You're just taking off out the coffin aspect and Sting and putting in Nick Wayne. This should have been the goddamn match at Wembley anyways. Or add Brian Cage to the mogul side. And put Nick Wayne on the Darby side and make it a triple threat trios. Again, like I said, this shit seems like it's being fucking booked at the last minute. And that Tony Khan's just sticky hand. We'll put a bunch of sticky notes on the wall, throw a sticky hand and see what sticks. God freaking shit. Willow Nightingale then took on Diamante. This match was there. Not much to it. Diamante tried to keep Nightingale down. But Nightingale stuffed a head scissors attempt and hit a backbreaker. Nightingale then dropped Diamante on the apron, leading to Mer- Mercedes Martinez making her way out to the ring. Nightingale went for an Oklahoma stampede, but Diamante dropped Nightingale with a chop block. Nightingale then dropped Diamante with a set of clotheslines as we came back from a commercial break. Diamante ran, or Nightingale ran wild on Diamante, hitting a main event spine buster for a near fall. Diamante yanked Nightingale off the top rope at one point and set her up with some running knees in the corner. Diamante then hit an Acai DDT for a near fall. At one point, uh, Nightingale brought Diamante to the top rope, and after fighting her off, there was a powerbomb attempt. Nightingale then just hit a dropkick. Mercedes then pulled Diamante out of the ring, bringing Chris Statlander down to ringside to suplex uh, Martinez on the ramp. Nightingale then hit a pounce on Diamante on the floor before bringing her back into the ring and hitting her with the babe with the powerbomb to pick up the victory. So there we go. Willow Nightingale does defeat Diamante. Then, hey, what did they say on frickin' Rampage? I'm gonna pull the graphic up on the screen because this is false frickin' advertising. I'm just gonna say it right now. False advertising. This is what we got on Rampage. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna show you this on the screen. It says... Live tomorrow, 8, 7 central. We'll hear from AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR. Now, granted, this is about 12 hours after the uh, the Cash Wheeler news came out about his arrest and the road rage and the arm, the weapon thing. Anyways, it says, we'll hear from AEW World Tag Team Champions FTR. Where the fuck was FTR? Not on this show. We didn't hear from them. We did get a video package hyping up FTR versus the Young Bucks at All In. Both members of FTR spoke about how the Bucks 
have their accolades, but FTR will be the ones with the win in the rubber match. So yeah, where were, where's FTR? They just did a video. They kind of spoke, and they each only said like a line and a half, if not that. Like this was ridiculous. Right here from FTR. We didn't hear shit from FTR. And apparently, they're supposed to be doing a face-to-face -face interview sit-down thing on Wednesday with the Young Bucks. I think this is kind of going to be, if this is what I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be like the one they did last year with the Briscoes, with Caprice Coleman as the mediary. And, you know, Briscoes were on one side, FTR were on the other, and then they, they sealed it with, with the, the, the alcohol and the shot. And the, I don't know. I think that's what this is going to be. Someone's going to be between them. I don't know who. Maybe Jim Ross as the mediary. Maybe they get Caprice Coleman because he's done it with FTR before. I don't know. But the hype up that FTR is going to be on the show and we hear them. And they said, and I guess they're not fully wrong in, in false advertising. This isn't fully false advertising. They didn't say we will see FTR. But whenever we get these graphics for whether that's Collision, Dynamite, or Rampage that says we'll hear from ad name here. They're always appearing live in the ring or backstage. Not voices only in a video package. So that's my gripe. Backstage, Lexi Nair was with Tony Storm. Nair announced that next week on Rampage, we'll see the four women in the AEW uh, title, women's title match at All In in a tag match. It'll be Britt Baker and Akaru Shida taking on the outcast Tony Storm and Soraya. Storm said not to question the bond between the outcast, and she would take her place in history as the first ever three-time AEW Women's World Champion. Tony Storm's doing this whole, I've lost my way, 50s actress over the top deal. I don't know. And this uh, is another thing of people throwing shit at the wall and seeing if it sticks. We then had a super, super fast match. It was Powerhouse Hobbs against Kevin Koo. Koo went for a standing crossbody, but Hobbs stood tall and sent Koo flying. Hobbs hit a splash in the corner before taking Koo up and back down with a superplex. Hobbs clubbed Koo with some lariats before hitting a main event spine buster and picking up the victory. So yeah, there we go. Powerhouse Hobbs gets the win. Another squash. Again, Rampage with a second hour. A bunch of not announced squash matches. Because Rampage does. They'll announce two or three things and then throw a squash or two in there. And there we go. Miro then randomly, just randomly pops up on the video screen. He said that he used to follow a book. But now he walks alone. Like Batista? I walk alone. I don't know. He said that redemption would come for Hobbs at All Out. And that he would piss on his cold, dead body. Jesus! Where did this come from? And why did Miro have to get super like, God damn, God damn. I don't know where this came from. This was never built up anywhere. All of a sudden, Miro just wants to fight Hobbs at All Out? Sure. Again, stick your hand on the wall. Put the roster on the wall, close your eyes, and go, stick a hand, stick a hand. Boo. Miro, powerhouse Hobbs. Sure, why not? Big Hoss match. At least they gave us something that's not all in, it's all out. We then run down the card for Dynamite this past week. We also got a card for Collision, which will have an 
all-star eight-man tag team match. But they didn't tell us who the all-stars are. Do they even know? We get the announcement of an all-star eight-man tag with no names announced. What? Huh? Yeah. Then, go to our main event. Darby Allen against Christian Cage. I liked this match. I thought this was a really good match. I thought this match was very much needed going into All Out. You know, Darby's been focusing on AR Fox and Swerve Strickland. But he's also the number one contender to the TNT champion Luchasaurus for All Out. So I think this was very much needed. And I, it's a Christian match. And in a good way. Christian likes to start his matches off slow and build, 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 and then give you everything at the end. It's, it's a Christian match, and I love the way Christian structures his matches most of the time. So the two started the match off pretty slow with Allen working on Cage's arm. Cage dropped Allen with a, a hammer lock before whipping Allen into the buckle hard as we went to a commercial break. Back from the commercial with Allen trying a series of pinfalls on Cage, Cage rung up, rung up Allen's neck on the ropes before sending him into the barricade. Cage taunted Allen with the TNT Championship before popping him with a punch, then dropping him with a hammerlock slam. Cage modified his reverse DDT, dropping Allen with his arm hammerlocked. Cage then set it for a spear, but Allen kicked him and hit a code red for a near fall. Allen blinded Cage with his turtleneck, leading to the two knocking heads as we went to a commercial break. After that break, Allen fired up with a coffin splash as we came back. Allen then sent Cage into the turnbuckle with a shotgun dropkick. Allen went to the top rope, but instead of going after Cage, he then dove to the out onto Luchasaurus. Luchasaurus, though, caught him. And this led to and this led him into a cage lariat on the floor. Allen then hit a drop toe hold on Christian into a chair before sitting Christian in the chair and hitting him with a missile dropkick off the top rope to the Floor, this man's going to kill himself. Allen then set up for a coffin drop in the ring, but Cage rolled to the apron. Allen went for the coffin drop anyways, and Luchasaurus pulled Cage out of the way, forcing Allen to land hard on the apron, and you hear that thud. That thud. Referee then sent Luchasaurus to the back, but uh, that allowed Cage to hit Allen with the TNT title. Remember, ref distracted. At least they showed us that the ref got distracted. Allen then fell to the floor, and when Cage pulled him back in the ring, he got a near fall. Allen sidestepped a spear and dropkicked Cage in the corner. Allen then brought Cage to the top rope, but Cage hit a sunset flip powerbomb and a spear for a near fall. Cage cut off a surging Allen with a lariat and went for the unprettier. But then Allen caught him with a jackknife cover and picked up the victory. So there we go. Darby Allen does defeat Christian, Christian Cage. After the match, Tony Schiavone went to speak to Darby, but Luchasaurus came back out. Cage dropped Allen from behind with the TNT title, which Luchasaurus, with Luchasaurus, dropping Allen with a chokeslam. Cage then covered Allen with Luchasaurus, forcing him to count the three and announcing him the winner and still TNT champion. Cage and Luchasaurus stood tall as the show went off the air. Again, really good main event match. Good, simple opener. To set up Joe and Punk 
but all the middle was crap. I will just say it. I did not care for the middle of this show so much that I dozed off once. I will admit that. I dozed off at one point during the Willow-Diamante match. It was like coming off of the Big Bill stuff. So I'm like, what, what is this? What is this? Like Coming off the Big Bill stuff, I kind of... I have nothing to recap for that video package with Darby and them because, well, I really didn't pay attention and watch it because I was trying not to fall asleep. And then I finally was like, woke up during the Willow Diamante match. But yeah, the show kind of put me to sleep for a little bit because it was not good. It felt like a random ass show. Like I said, I'll say it again. Felt like Rampage with a second hour and a couple of good things. So. We'll see. We will see for sure. But with that, before we get into the news, tonight, you can play WrestleQuest. Give me one last second. I'm just changing some things up. All right, let's pull this up on the screen over here. Here, let's pull this up on the screen over here. Whoops, 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 whoops. Wrong button there. With that, guys, tonight you can finally play WrestleQuest. Yes, WrestleQuest does drop tonight on PlayStation, on Xbox, on Netflix, via your mobile device, and on Steam PC. Tag Team with Destiny. Pro Wrestling and RPG Fantasies collide in the ultimate pixel-powered adventure. Macho Man Randy Savage and a ton of other icons uh, offer guidance as you powerbomb your way to glory beyond the ring. This hero's journey ain't just an epic quest. It's WrestleQuest. Of course, comes to us from Mega Cat Studios by way of Skybound Games. And in case you didn't know, Pro Wrestling Unlimited is actually featured in the game. At one point, you will be able to find a Pro Wrestling Unlimited billboard in the game. And we may even be doing more with Mega Cat Studios and WrestleQuest post-launch. So with that, head over to pwunlimited.co forward slash WrestleQuest right now to wishlist the game on Steam. Play the demo. And in just a couple of hours, purchase it for yourself. With that, as we get into the news, big news, massive news, Mondo news, as one Ed from Good Burger may say, John Cena announced for two upcoming WWE shows, and they're in the next couple of weeks. John Cena will be returning to WWE television on SmackDown. First announced by Fox Sports, it was revealed that John Cena will be making his WWE return on Friday, September 1st. That's Friday Night SmackDown from the Giant Center in Hershey, Pennsylvania the night before payback. It was also announced that John Cena will be appearing on September 8th, the next Friday, not on SmackDown, but in India for WWE on the super on the superstar spectacular event. 
Now, at first, we did not know exactly what John Cena was going to be doing on any of these shows. But John Cena himself did actually send out a tweet. We're going to pull that tweet up on the screen right here because Cena actually announced that he's going to be wrestling. Yep, Cena is going to have a match as Cena tweeted out the following. Cannot wait to reunite with the WWE family live on SmackDown. Especially excited to meet the WWE Universe in India and wrestle the first time ever in India. This time. The time is now. See you all very soon. So John Cena is confirming that he will actually wrestle on the Superstar Spectacle Show in India, which is awesome. It's probably going to be some sort of a squash. It's going to be nothing major or anything. But I think it's cool that Cena is going to be working the show and working a match on the show. Unclear who he's going to have a match with. We know that the Raw roster is the roster prim primarily going to that show. Heck, what would be really cool, what I think would be really cool at least, let him fight Dominic. Give me John Cena versus Dominic Mysterio in India. Everybody around the world hates Dominic, so why not have them face the biggest baby face or one of the biggest baby faces of all time in John Cena. Now, Cena's last match did come at WrestleMania. He took on Austin Theory. So for all we know, they can just do him and Theory again in India. But speaking of WrestleMania, we got some news on WrestleMania 40 ticket sales that are just breaking all kinds of WWE records. WWE has announced that it's broken an all-time live gate record in one day, continuing the streak of breaking records. It was recently reported that the WrestleMania 40 tickets had broken the company's all-time gate record, which was WrestleMania 39 just this past uh, April. WWE confirmed details in a press release stating the following. WrestleMania 40 at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia sells more than 90,000 tickets and surpasses the WrestleMania 39 total gross of $21.6 million. WWE Today announced that WrestleMania 40 broke the company's all-time gate record in just one day. The previous total gross record was $21.6 million, which was set earlier this year for WrestleMania 39 at SoFi Stadium in Los, excuse me, Los Angeles. WrestleMania 40, which takes place at Lincoln Financial Field in Philadelphia on Saturday, April 6th and Sunday, April 7th, sold more than 90,000 tickets when it went on sale last Friday. Now, caveat for that. Last Tuesday is when the pre-order tickets went on sale, like if you got into the pre-sale. So technically, it wasn't one day. It was four days, but regardless. The record gate comes on the heels of unprecedented ticket sales and demands for WWE in 2023, which, to date, has produced the highest grossing gates of all time for premium live events such as SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, and Money in the Bank. SummerSlam, which emanated from Ford Field in Detroit earlier this month, generated a record gate of $8.5 million, the largest gate for any non-WrestleMania event ever. Additionally, On Location has sold more fan experience packages for WrestleMania 40 than all of WrestleMania 39 and broken the all-time revenue record for a single WWE event in this area. Limited tickets for WrestleMania 40 are still available via Ticketmaster. And they go on and say a couple other things. But yeah, without a single match announced, WWE's out here breaking records and selling over 90,000 tickets for WrestleMania. But now we got to talk about the elephant in the room. 
all in and why you can't compare the two. Because Friday, we heard all the comparisons. Uh, AEW saying they're breaking records, but look at WWE. AEW only sold 80,000. WWE sold 90,000. Not the same at all. So AEW, for all in in Wembley, has sold over 80,000 tickets for a one-night event. WWE has sold over 90,000 tickets, according to Michael Cole, over 91,000 for a two-night event. Can't compare the two. Because even if you you mm, do the math, that's like, if it's split even, 35000 a night. AEW's done almost double that for one night. So, granted... WWE is going to still sell a lot of more a lot more tickets going forward as we get closer to WrestleMania 7 months down the line. But I don't think and I don't even know what's the capacity they're trying to set Lincoln Financial Field up for. What's the Lincoln Financial Field attendance record now? Because regardless, you can't compare the two. Unless somehow one of these nights does over 80,000 tickets, which I doubt you can't compare the two. But as far as the attendance record does go, um, the Wikipedia does not have it listed. Usually they are. Let's see. Attendance record. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, the biggest crowd to ever attend an event inside of Lincoln Financial Stadium. Now, is this only football? There are 69,280 fans at a Temple versus Notre Dame game. But you can fit way more when you have floor seats. So what... What about for, like, concerts? That's what I want to know. Here we go. Here we go. Bruce Springsteen. Um, 100. Well, is this over two nights? Three nights? One night? Doesn't say. It just says Bruce Springsteen did three events back to back to back. 147,000. Now, for a one-night event, at a Keith Urban concert, no, a Kenny Chesney concert, that also had Keith Urban, Leon Rimes, Gary Allen, Luke Bryan, and Sammy Hagar appear, that did 50,000. Let's still... Okay, here we go. This is not in order. This is not in order. In 2011, U2... Ran a concert in Lincoln Financial's field, 72,389. But then, in 2013, Taylor Swift came in, 101,277. But then, in 2014, One Direction ran a concert there, 101,527. So, depending on how this gets set up, Okay, here we go. Taylor Swift then came back in 2018. 107,378. So they can fit over 100,000 people in this building for a one-night show. It's possible. Does WWE do it? I doubt it. 
Do they announce a big number like that? Oh boy, yeah, they will. They will try to. So, so Taylor Swift did run there earlier this year, but the attendance numbers are not out yet, apparently. But the biggest on record show was a Taylor Swift concert from 2018. It also had Camila uh, Camille Cabello perform. That did 107,000. So you can get over 100,000 people in this building depending on how you set it up or in this stadium. Now, one person that we're unsure if we're going to see next year at WrestleMania is the rated R superstar, the WWE Hall of Famer, Edge. Edge did work what seemingly could be his last WWE match last week on Friday Night SmackDown against Sheamus. Now, what we have learned is his contract is not up now. His contract is a weird one. He has a contract that expires on a specific date, but he also has X amount of matches he has to work in that contract. I don't know the number. Maybe it's five. Maybe it's six. I remember at one point Goldberg was doing like three a year. I know when Edge first started, I think the number was five. But regardless, Edge has worked. Well, actually, let's just just count it right now. Edge cage match. How many matches has Edge worked this year? This year, or this year, whatever you want to say. In 2023, Edge has worked one, two, seven matches. Edge worked seven matches this year, so his number must have been seven if the Royal Rumble counts. Seven. His contract, though, does not actually expire till September, late September, because WWE did add injury time to his deal. Also, Edge will be appearing on The Bump this Wednesday. So, for all those people that were like, and I said it too before we knew all these details, oh, there's a chance Edge can show up at Wembley. No, there's not. Unless Vince, Triple H, and Nick Khan let him do it, they would have to approve it, and they're not going to approve that. He cannot appear at Wembley. Yet Edge has praised Sheamus since their match this past Friday. Following their SmackDown match, Edge reflected on the moment in an Instagram post on Sunday where Edge wrote that he knew Sheamus was great, but he didn't know how great until he actually faced him. Pull up that Instagram post right here. Uh, Edge stated the following. Full circle pints of Guinness. From Dublin to Toronto and 19 years in between. Back now after an amazing trip home to Toronto. What can I say? I'll take that experience with me to the grave. Toronto, you brought it. Speaking of bringing it, Seamus is a beast. As strange as it sounds, it was pure joy in there. Just two buds beating the hell out of each other. I knew he was great, but I didn't know how great. That dude is so insanely talented. Spectacular at what he does, and just a damn hard worker. He is the epitome of work ethic. Can't teach that. Thanks, fella. It's an honor. Uh, Seamus would then respond to this, stating, 25 years to find a dance partner? And then we have these photos from the event, and then backstage afterwards, drinking together. So, very awesome, very cool. Very good to see. But now the big question is, what does Edge do next? Is Edge done with WWE? Is Edge going to resign with WWE? Is Edge going to leave WWE but stay in wrestling? That's the big we don't know as of right now. We probably won't know 
till the end of September. Unless, unless this appearance on the bump is for Edge to announce, I've resigned. Speaking of somebody else that worked Friday, but we didn't see him on SmackDown, that's Kevin Owens. Yes, Kevin Owens did work a match this past Friday as he had been out nursing a rib injury. One half of the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions returned to the ring in a dark match after Friday's edition of SmackDown in Toronto went off the air. He teamed with fellow champions Sami Zayn and Drew McIntyre in a win over Imperium's Gunter, Ludwig Kaiser, and Giovanni Vinci after they were about to attack Edge. Uh, they ran the match back to open the Ottawa Live event Friday, oh, Saturday, as the babyfaces again picked up a win after McIntyre hit a Claymore on Gunter, Zayn hit a Haluva kick on Vinci, and Owens stunned Kaiser to pick up the pinfall victory. So there we go. Kevin Owens has been cleared to get back into the ring. Kevin Owens is working again, and it's great to see. Now the big question. What's next for the tag team champions? Sami Zayn's nursing an injury that he can work through. Kevin Owens is back from his rib injury. Who's the next to challenge the tag team champions? Is it going to be these new Street Profits? Does Ciampa... Find the missing Johnny Gargano and DIY reunite? We'll have to wait and see. Tonight is Raw, so maybe something gets announced there. Now, speaking of people we haven't seen in a little while, we haven't seen Ronda Rousey since SummerSlam. Also, there's been some rumors, possibly, that Ronda Rousey could return and maybe return to the UFC for UFC 300. And that ain't going to happen, according to UFC President Dana White. Asked by Sports Illustrated's Justin Barrasso after Saturday's UFC 292 event about the possibility of former woman's bantamweight star returning, the former woman's bantamweight star returning for another fight in the UFC, Dana White stated, quote, There's no shot. She's accomplished everything she set out to do. But with that, it does not look like any of these, quote-unquote, rumors are going to happen with Ronda Rousey and the UFC. Could we see her pop up and like train somebody? Corner somebody? Appear at a UFC show? Sure, why not? But Ronda getting back out there and having a fight? A full-on fight? I don't see that happening whatsoever. Now the shift over to some AEW news. One injured AEW wrestler who we haven't actually seen in like a year has finally been cleared to return according to a new report from Fightful as they write the following. A wrestler who has been out for over a year is ready to return to the ring. Santana, who sustained an AC, a torn ACL in the 2022 Blood and Guts match, has been out of action ever since. After a long social media absence, Santana, Santana returned and posted vignettes, but has yet to return to the ring. We confirmed, though, that Santana is ready for an in-ring return. For those asking, we're told that as of that as of him being cleared for a return, he and Ortiz were still not on good terms. However, that that had been the case for quite a while before the injury, and it's not impossible that the two can work together again following his return. Speaking of Ortiz, there's plenty adding to the traction that could mean he's planned for a spot at the Wembley show in All In. Ortiz was scheduled for a Limitless Wrestling show next weekend, but was pulled from the event. In following up, we were told that it was due to an AEW-related obligation. There are several wrestlers not booked for the card that are being sent to the UK, but we've also heard of plenty that aren't. 
Now remember, last time we saw Ortiz, he was feuding and not wanting to be friends anymore with Eddie Kingston. The BCC needs some friends. What if two of those three friends that we see team with the BCC and Stadium Stampede are Santana and Ortiz? Or at least Ortiz. Very possible. Very, very possible. As far as our last news note here, Ohio Valley Wrestling getting a Netflix show. Yeah, they're getting a documentary on Netflix, and this looks cool. I'm going to read this while we watch the trailer. If I can get that to want to load. The show, which is simply titled Wrestler, and now this doesn't want to load for some reason. Give me one quick second. Come on, full screen. There we go. As far as the show does go, the description is as followed. Once a proud finishing school for aspiring pro wrestlers, the gym has since hit hard times. Acclaimed wrestler Al Snow clings to an old-school wrestling philosophy with a heavy emphasis on storytelling. But in spite of the love of a few diehard fans, the gym struggles week to week to stay relevant enough to keep its doors open. Things have become so dire financially that Al has to sell a majority stake to a group of local businessmen, including Matt Jones, the most popular radio personality in the state of Kentucky. Matt and the new ownership group have infused the struggling gym with much-needed cash, but it still operates at a struggling loss, staggering loss. The new owners have given Al the summer to turn things around. Wrestlers chronicles the efforts of Al and his brand of aspiring wrestlers making the struggles with their personal ambitions and each other while they attempt to come together to save this historic gym. Wrestlers is produced by Gary Whitley, who previously created both Cheer and Last Chance U for Netflix. So this actually looks really cool, and it's the same production company that did Cheer and Last Chance U that have both been highly, highly praised by fans and viewers alike. So, yeah, the whole story is this is one of the biggest training schools back in the late 90s and early 2000s. They were WWE's developmental. They trained the guys like Batista, Brock Lesnar, Sean Benjamin, Batista, or I said Batista, Randy Orton, and so many others. And ever since WWE dropped them and started their own stuff and worked with FCW and, and NXT and all that, they've struggled, and they're still struggling. So I think this looks awesome. I think this looks very cool. I will for sure be watching this when it does launch on Netflix next month, September 13th. In just a couple of weeks. But with that, we got one last thing for you. We are actually going to react to a movie trailer. We're going to react to the trailer of John Cena's new movie, Freelance, starring John Cena, Allison Brie, Juan Pablo Roba, Raba. Um, let's pull this up here. 
Let me get one last thing. So with that, ba -ba 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 bum. John Cena's got a new movie coming out, and it's called Freelance. It hits theaters October 6th, and I thought we would take a look at the trailer. If you don't know what this movie is, here is the synopsis. Ex-Special Forces operative Mason Pettis, played by John Cena, is stuck in a dead-end desk job when he reluctantly takes on a freelance gig to provide private security for a washed-up journalist Claire Wellington, played by Alison Brie, as she interviews the ruthless but impeccably dressed dictator Juan Vega, Venegas, played by Juan Pablo Raba, when a military group breaks out just as she's about to get the scoop of a lifetime, the unlikely trio must figure out how to survive the jungle and each other in order to make it out alive. From Pierre Morel, the, from Pierre Morel, the dynamic director of Taken, Peppermint, and now Freelance, written by Jacob Lentz and produced by Relativity, Relativity Media Productions. So with that, we were reached out to by Relativity Media Productions to help promote this movie. The trailer did drop today, so we're going to check it out. We're going to look at it. We're going to react to it together. So let's do this. Freelance, October 6th. You know that feeling when you're doing exactly what you were put on the earth to do? The one where it's like everything inside you is moving together in harmony with the universe. All right, so. Me neither. But, you know, one can hope, right? Wave to mommy, because she'll hate me even more than she already does if you don't. I seem to recall you saying that becoming a lawyer would only crush your soul. <laughs> Christian Slater. I'm running a business, and right now that business is getting a journalist in and out of power. I love me some Christian Slater. Oh, he told him no. No and no. Who's a journalist? I have resigned. Okay. Now he's contemplating it. Okay, okay. Oh, 20 grand. He can't say no to that. Alison Brie, if she looks familiar, did you ever watch Glow? She was the star of Glow on Netflix. Oh, Lord. This guy's a dick. This guy's a dick. The kid just flip him off. He said, my people love me. And the little girl flipped him off. Oh, shit. There we go. I love some action star John Cena from the director of Taken. This seems like it's going to be one of those funny action John Cena movies. Where he tries to be over the top, maybe serious, too serious, in a, in a good way. Uh-oh. Whoa, what the? Come out of retirement. Oh, to kick ass. Just said you need help and taking John Cena. Just filming him. Allison Breed. I mean, she's a journalist. She's going to want to capture everything, I assume. On Pablo Raba. 
<laughs> no time for coach. Uh oh. Color me impressed, Mr. Petit. Not Petit at all. He's looking at his Becker. A very impressive, Mr. Pettis. Tell me you got that. Run. <laughs> October sixth. That looks good. I'm very interested. That looks like it's going to be really good, really fun, awesome movie. I can't wait to go see it. I will go see it in theaters most likely. But yeah. Um, Freelance with John Cena, Allison Brie, and Juan Pablo Raba does drop in theaters, exclusively in theaters, on October 6th. So go check that out. With that, guys, that is going to wrap up the wrap-up. Do you want to say thank you for joining me here? Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. As far as tonight's Monday Night Raw does go, we're going to pull up the Raw report, preview, whatever you want to call it, from WWE's website and see what they've got announced. So far, I think only... Three things have been announced for the show, so let's check that all out. First off, the Intercontinental Championship will be on the line tonight when Gunta defends against Chad Gable. Also in tag team action, the New Day will be taking on the team of Drew McIntyre and Matt Riddle. Now, earlier when I said, what can be next for Owens and Zayn in the tag titles, it could be the winner of this match, getting the next shot at the, the Undisputed Tag Team Championships. And finally, they state, Shinsuke Nakamura to reveal what he told Seth freaking Rollins. So remember last week when him and Rollins were in the ring and before he kicked Rollins in the face again, he whispered something in his ear where Seth went, and, you know, Seth got his look on his face like, oh no, what does he mean by that? What does he mean by that? So yeah, with that, wait and see. That's all that has been announced. For tonight's Monday Night Raw, Monday Night Raw starts in just a couple of hours. So we'll be right back here live following Raw, talking about that whole show as we creep closer to payback in just a couple of weeks. With that, guys, have a great rest of your Monday. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one, guys.